אוקיי, שלום חברים, שמי אביעד ואני סקסואליסט. ברוכים הבאים למפגש מיוחד זה של שלושת המורשות. אני אקרא עוד מהפורמט שלנו, אני רק אספר לכם שאנחנו ניפגש, אנחנו נעשה היום מפגש של שעתיים, אז נעשה שעה, נעשה הפסקה, צרה עם כיבוד, נמשיך לעוד שעה, ובסוף השעה השנייה יגיעו הפיצות. אז תישארו לסוף. So we will have the pizza at the end. ככה אתי מציע, אני לא עושה לכם פיזרים או משהו כזה. אוקיי. הפותחן שלנו לא הגיע, אז אין לי את הפורמט. מישהו רוצה? יש לך? אה, מעולה, תודה. אז מישהו יקרא לנו את ההקדמה. והעדשה שלי זזה הצידה, אז אני אצטרך לסדר את זה בפשוט. מישהו רוצה לקרוא את מטרת ה-save in תודה רבה. מישהו יכול לקרוא לנו את הכל מתחיל במפוקחות? שמונה, הרגנו רשימות לכל האנשים בהם וגם לגנים שלי ולכל המעשים שלי. תשע, הפרדנו ישרים על מנהיגים לפני אנשים האלה וכל הכוח הגדול אותם, 
Um, I've been sober in AA uh, since the 24th of July 1993. And remember who you're clapping because it's not me, it's, it's, the, it's the power that presides over all of us. Uh, and uh, the other problems in my life have showed gradual progress, and today I'm happy with the progress I've made. And the way I'm built, I'm built to destroy myself and to, to destroy myself quickly. אז איך שאני בנוי זה שאני בנוי להרוס את עצמי ואני בנוי להרוס את עצמי מהר. כשהייתי בן 11-12 לא רציתי להיות כבר בעולם ולא רציתי להיות שייך למשפחה שממנה באתי. I said no to the world, I said no to life, I said no to everything and then I found drink. אמרתי לא לעולם, לא לחיים, לא להכל ואז מצאתי את האלכוהול. And as soon as I found drink, I found sex. כשמצאתי את המשקה, מצאתי מין, או שזה פשוט מצא אותי. והשילוב הזה של אלכוהול, אומנטיקה וסקס היה קטלני במיוחד בשבילי. And my addiction has got nothing to do with love, which is why I use the word romance, not love. Um, and what makes me an alcoholic and an addict and not someone that just does too much, there are several features. אז מה שהופך אותי לאלכוהוליסט או למכור זה לא, זה, זה לא סתם מישהו ששותה הרבה, אלא יש כמה מאפיינים שהופכים אותי לכזה. And the features are these. Feature number one is that I'm going to need more and more and more to get less and less of an effect. אז דבר ראשון, אני אצטרך יותר ויותר ויותר מהחומר כדי לקבל פחות ופחות ופחות השפעה. And my experience with alcohol was that I was physically poisoning myself because I couldn't drink enough to get to the place I needed to be. And through sex, I'm not going to go into details, but I was putting myself in dangerous environments, in fact, more and more dangerous environments, because I needed the increased danger to get the hit, because the hit was not about sex, it was about excitement. אז, ובשבילי הנושא של הסקס גם הייתי צריך, בלי להיכנס לפרטים, הייתי צריך לשים את עצמי במקומות יותר ויותר מסוכנים בשביל לקבל ריגוש יותר ויותר גדול. אז הבעיה שלי אף פעם לא הייתה מין באמת כמו הריגוש והסכנה. החומר, הסקס היה רק הבקבוק. והחומר היה, so the substance was? Um, the substance was chasing something, the excitement of chasing something. והחומר היה הריגוש במרדף אחרי משהו. 
And my experience of addiction is the light which is in the world, I stop being able to see in the same way. If you stare at a light... Okay. If you stare at a light bulb, and then you go outside and try and look at stars, you won't see any stars. And that's how I got trapped in this combination of alcohol and sex. Because when it was in the process of destroying me, um, I would stop for a few days or a few weeks, but there was no light in the universe, and I had to go back. And one of my problems is that I'm uh, educated beyond my intelligence. And so I, so I, I, tr- I, I trust my own mind when I shouldn't trust my mind. And when my mind is explaining to me why it is a good idea to act out or to drink. Um, because I am thinking the ideas, I trust the ideas. And my step one in all of my substance and behavior fellowships is about saying, I cannot trust myself. Because my mind will take me back to the first drink or first act. And it does not matter what the consequences have been or could be in the future. And when I start to drink or when I start to act out, I don't choose to come out of that zone. It's like swimming out to sea and the current takes you further and further out. And I become tired and only the current can bring me back. So if I were to act out tonight, I do not know if and when it would stop. And I have to treat, although I'm a member of AA, I treat acting out with sex as dangerous for me, as alcohol. And to withdraw from alcohol or to withdraw from acting out, I have to go through a period where there are, there, is, there are no light bulbs <laughs> and there are no stars in the sky. 
And I have to trust other people that say eventually the stars will come out. <coughs> Um, when I joined AA, it was six months before my last drink. Because I liked AA, I loved the people, I knew I was at home. But I was still in charge of my life, I was still trusting my own thoughts. And it was only when, yet again, I almost died because of my drinking. That I put my brain on a shelf and said to my sponsor, you tell me what to do. I know we're supposed to have a higher power. But until you've got a Kohelion, <laughs> you need a channel. And my channel was the people I found in AA who were sober 20, 30, 40 years who I trusted because their lives were better than mine. Um, I'm imagining, since this is Jerusalem, that there are some of you with very good religious training. Uh, theology has never helped me in step two. Um, that can, theology can come later as a hobby. <laughs> but step two in the big book is about a sequence of ideas. The first idea is this. I have two choices. Number one, die of addiction. And that death could be through drinking, through accident, or through suicide, uh, which is very common in the world of recovery. There are things that you can do drunk which you cannot forgive yourself for. And there are things that a person can do acting out that they cannot forgive themselves for. I don't want the risk of doing one of those things. And so I have another option which is to live life on a spiritual basis. And living life on a spiritual basis is not about intellectually understanding God. It is about, I think, two things. Number one, 
Um, the first thing is to stop fighting the world. It was here first. The second thing to do is to say to my higher power, one moment at a time, what do you want me to do for you? And that means I have no control over my whole life. I have no control over the future. I have no control over over other people. I'm just looking for one task at a time. So, this is the choice. Death or a spiritual basis. And there is a line in the big book, God is everything or God is nothing. And the reason I'm able to say in step two, God is everything, if ever you've seen a, a war film, where there are the five remaining soldiers and they know they're going to die anyway. They might as well die fighting. And that's why I went through the door saying God is everything. Because I was going to die anyway. So I might as well risk it and and you open the door marked God and there's darkness behind it and you have to jump and you say into the darkness will you catch me? and the darkness says jump no guarantees but you're going to die anyway, so you jump. So, step three. Um, on one level, step three is simply a decision to do the rest of the program. But there are two other aspects to it. The first one is uh, my sponsor gave me a list of things which are none of my business. If I really want to take step three, the first thing that is none of my business is what anyone, anywhere, thinks about me. Uh, what I think about me. How you behave. You means everyone in the world. None of my business. Uh, what I want is none of my business. What I need is none of my business. And my money is none of my business. Ouch. <laughs> I don't need to translate that. 
And the reason this is this is horrific. But I had no choice because I was dying and I was immensely unhappy. Being alive was like being with no skin in a bath of salt. Everything that happened around me seemed to hurt me. And people said to me in AA, if you do this, eventually it will stop hurting. And I needed immense courage, which I was given one day at a time. It grew out of the ground. But you can't collect it and store it. Maybe there's a memory from religious school where there is something like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, this daily courage, sometimes it was hourly courage. I had to go to one meeting a day. This was before text, before mobile phones, before the internet. But we had cassettes. And I was given cassettes of AA speakers from America. And whenever I wasn't working or at a meeting, I had to listen to AA speakers because otherwise I would go mad. So, step three, the, the first thing was get on with the program. The second thing was all the things that are none of my business. The third thing was what is my business. Very simple, do the right thing today. I did not even need to decide what the right thing today was. Because I had a sponsor who told me. Now, this looks like a dictatorship. However, <laughs> if at any moment I had said the dictatorship is over. The dictatorship would have been over. That's not a di- that's not a dictatorship. That's something else. <laughs> it was something I was willing to submit to. And a great AA speaker uh, from America says. That step three is taking actions you don't believe in because the person who is suggesting them is happier than you. <laughs> so I needed a sponsor who was happy and successful in his life. Um, 
So the rest of the program in step four. I just ask a question first. Are you using the big book? Yes. Okay. Most, I mean, some of us. It's a conference of books. Okay. Um, so in the step four, the first part of the step four is the resentment inventory. And this is a way of discovering how I have been pretending to be God. I had no idea I had been pretending to be God. All I knew was that I was very unhappy and very angry. Now, my image of God is not unhappy and angry. But I discovered that in my, through my step four, that every time I was upset, whether that was angry, hurt, frightened, or offended, offended in any way. <laughs> it was because I had a plan and the world hadn't behaved. Now, who is supposed to have the plan? Well, it was never me. Uh, I've never been sent a fax by God telling me to draw up plans for everybody else's behavior. I did all of that myself, and I buried the plans underground in the form of landmines. And when you step on the landmine by not behaving, in a, uh, by not stepping on the landmine by not following the plan, I blow up. <laughs> so, if you want to discover whether or not you're playing God, Ask yourself, does anything ever bother you? Every time you press the horn, you're, you're playing God. Yeah. There's a lot of playing God in Jerusalem. <laughs> in London, we just turn it in on ourselves. I think it's probably more healthy to press the horn. <laughs> but it's still playing God. And as the big book says, it doesn't work. Uh, my best friend uh, uh, says, <laughs> He works in a job where lots of people are angry with him a lot. Because he's in charge of the health of millions of people. And it's a controversial area. And I said to him, how do you handle it when other people resent you? 
He said, first of all, I'm embarrassed for them. Because it's so childish. Secondly, it gets in the way. So they need to get over it. This is a grown-up. <laughs> so I need to realize all of this emotional reaction to everything. Needed to stop for three reasons. Reason, num- reason number one, uh, it doesn't change anything. There is no connection between being upset and constructive action. So I can act constructively in a dreadful situation. Without being emotionally entangled, involved. In fact, if I'm emotionally entangled or involved, I won't be able to see straight. So if you're shooting an arrow at a whatever you shoot an arrow at, <laughs> if your hand is shaking out of fear or anger, you will not hit the target. So, so I need, it needs to go for that reason. It doesn't work. Secondly, it will kill me. Because eventually, the thought of a drink or acting out will start to shine. A friend of mine outside AA uh, says that uh, when he holds a resentment against someone, it's like putting up an umbrella on a sunny day. Now, when I cut myself off from the sun, I look for light somewhere else. And my mind goes back to the the way it produces light within itself. And it's seductive because it's very like real light. But it's fake. It's a substitute. And that, but that is where I will go if I stay emotionally disturbed. So to summarize, reason one to stop resentment is because it is futile. Secondly, it is fatal. Page 66. The third reason it's really embarrassing. When your behavior controls how I feel, that puts you in charge of me. And everyone can see it. 
I do not want to be controlled by the people I respect the least. That's insane. So, so the aim is to go through the world being able to act constructively without being shaken by bad behavior. And on page 67, there are some amazing prayers. Um, uh, the main idea is God save me from being angry because I'm the one who is in trouble. And then I can start looking at where I am going wrong. And there are three things in my life I can control. Uh, my beliefs, my thinking, my behavior. So this extra set of questions on page 67, the what? The extra set of questions, are to find out what is wrong with my beliefs, my thinking, my behavior. And there is no need to be frightened of what you're going to find there. Because those beliefs, that thinking and that behavior are not me, they're bad tools I've been using. They were taught to me by other people who are usually angry and controlling. Who are usually usually the people that taught me. And so I want to find out what all of the wrong beliefs, wrong thinking and wrong behavior are. Because they are the cause of my problem, not you. Uh, next inventory is the fear inventory. And this is really simple. A list of all of the things I do not want to happen. And I've only found one solution to fear. Which is to have my being entirely in God. If I believe I am my own body, I'm going to be frightened because we all know what happens eventually to bodies. If my identity extends further to my job, my life, my family, and beyond, I will be frightened unless I'm psychotic. Because anyone who spends any time watching the news 
knows that everything could be over like that. So my choice is either to be frightened or to identify with a spark inside myself. Which comes from somewhere else. The only solution I've found. If you, if you found another solution to fear, congratulations. <laughs> but, but this one works for me. I am spirit. And I would prefer my life to be pleasant. But if it's not, it's not. <laughs> and sometimes it's not. And I've stopped arguing with the universe when things do not go my way. Um, the sexual conduct inventory has got nothing to do with sex. It's got all to do with my selfishness. Uh, when I got to AA, sex was my number one priority. Now it's maybe number 25. Very low level of connection with other people. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. No, it's just a very low level of interaction with other people. It's not even It is my spirit which connects with other people. And my body may or may not be involved. But it is only minds and spirits that connect. Um, in step five, all I have to do is tell the truth about me. And my first step five was about an hour long. And I told someone two lists of things. First list, twists of character. Which is defects of character. <laughs> um, the second one is dark corners of the past. And I was told to keep it simple and to keep it brief. But the truth is simple. And the best way to hide the truth is to hide it amongst lots of other truths. So I needed to keep step five short and simple, no, no extra information. And my sponsor after my step five treated me the same as he did before. And he wasn't upset, he didn't judge me. I think he may have said at one point, that's disgusting. <laughs> but he didn't care. <laughs> and he didn't treat me differently afterwards. Uh, so it was safe. 
And in step six and seven, I sometimes hear people staying inside step six for a year, thinking about the defects. There are two buttons in front of me. There's a red button. Keep the old life. There's a green button. Get a new life. I can't negotiate what is behind each button. So it's a package deal, all inclusive. Like a holiday in Elat. <laughs> so step six and seven is simple. If I have a problem with step six, and I've had problems with step six in the past, so I was stupid. I thought I could negotiate to keep certain behavior patterns. And I just had to give it up and say, God, I want a new life. And this leads me to the simplicity of steps eight and nine. In step eight, I, ha- I ask three questions in each relationship in my life. What did I do? What should I have done? Uh, who suffered and how? Now, uh, with the what should I have done instead, Ask a sponsor, ask a rabbi. <laughs> it's usually pretty clear. And, and I always know if I've harmed someone. So any justification, it means that I know I've harmed someone. As soon as I'm justifying or explaining, I need to stop talking and simply apologize. And in my steps 8 and 9, all I have to do is go to people and look them in the eye like I'm looking you in the eye and say, I shouldn't have done what I did. It was wrong. What can I do to make it right? Here's the money. <laughs> um, the darkness that I was running from <laughs> left when I did two things. The first thing, forgive everyone for everything. Everyone means everyone. <laughs> Anywhere. That means I need to withdraw my judgment of everyone for everything. Maybe judgment is required, but God hasn't given me the role of judge. So that's the basis for me forgiving. It's not saying I continue to judge you, 
but I bless you at the same time. It's about withdrawing the judgment. And then blessing is automatic. Because I've made a connection with you. And the best way to learn how to forgive anyone is to stay in the same home group for 10 years <laughs> and go for dinner with them every week for 10 years. <laughs> and you find people who represent every type of person you hate. <laughs> and you see the world from their point of view. And my home group has people from every culture and every background. Every religion. And it's taught me a lot about withdrawing judgment. The second thing I had to do was finish the last Amen. Uh, the if you have a uh, a balloon tied to the ground with one hundred pieces of string if you cut ninety nine pieces of string, the balloon is still attached to the ground it's only when you cut the last string that the balloon flies up in the air. When you let go physically, things drop. When you let go spiritually, things rise up. Something in me was always trying to rise up. And the thing that was stopping me from rising up towards my higher power was the belief in evil in you and me. One last thing. This journey is not over for me. I had a couple of hours this afternoon <laughs> dealing with a service issue in my home group. So the old software that I came to AA with is still installed somewhere and I have to disconnect it again and again and again. And now I'm in a meeting, I'm fine. <laughs> and I can't, I can't understand why I was upset three hours ago. <laughs> Should we have a break? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.